This is Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine, and I'm John Wiener. In President Trump's latest blow-up over immigration, Stephen Miller has played the central role, goading him to close the border, warning him of the dangers of looking weak, and encouraging Trump's sudden purge of his Homeland Security team, including the firing of the head of the Department of Homeland Security, Kirsten Nielsen, as well as the head of the Border Patrol. The Washington Post describes Stephen Miller as ascendant among Trump advisors, quote, as he pushes a frustrated president to champion draconian border policies and rhetoric. He's all but untouchable in the White House at this point, where, according to the Washington Post, Stephen Miller represents Trump's id. He grew up in one of the most progressive cities in America, Santa Monica. He's from a middle-class Jewish family. He went to public schools, including Santa Monica High School. What happened to Stephen Miller? What explains how he became a fiery right-wing ideologue? What explains his triumph in Trump land? For some answers, we turn to Lori Weiner. She did a deep dive into Stephen Miller's early life for L.A. Magazine. She's a longtime journalist who's been on staff at the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, and the L.A. Times. She's also a founding editor of the L.A. Review of Books. Lori Weiner, welcome. Thank you, John. Well, just a bit of history. Remember Trump's original Muslim travel ban from his first week in office, that disaster that was stopped by the court? Stephen Miller helped draft that executive order. And remember when the federal government shut down over that high-stakes standoff over immigration? Stephen Miller was accused of derailing the negotiations. So he's done a lot, mostly on immigration. Let's start with the basics of young Stephen Miller. Before he became this kind of hyperactive right-wing activist, he grew up in Santa Monica. You asked people there about his formative years. How many people did you talk to? I contacted about 100 people, but um, I spoke to about 35, and about 20 of those went on the record. There are old family friends who did not want to go on the record, and there are people from his high school who simply did not want to talk about him. Let's start with the parents. Maybe it's all their fault? Probably the mother's fault. (laughs) That's what I think. They are uh, Michael and Miriam Miller, and they are uh, real estate. um, They have a real estate investment company, and they manage uh, about 2,500 properties, uh, residential units. And they were very, very wealthy, um, always. I mean, at least since the early 80s, uh, Michael's father, Jacob, known as Jay, was also in real estate, and and he became very wealthy. He helped develop parts of Brentwood near the freeway in the early 80s. And when he died in 2015, his house in Malibu Cove, shortly afterwards, sold for $7 million. So This was, is the grandfather. Yes, Jacob Jay is the grandfather. Michael is the father. And what do we know about the father, the parents' politics when young Stephen was, you know, a kid? Well, the parents were both liberal when they were young people in the early 70s. She got a degree in sociology from Columbia in 72. And he, when he was an undergraduate at um, UC Santa Cruz, he was against the Vietnam War. He was pro-Palestinian. So at some point, their politics changed, 
And Stephen may have been a linchpin in changing their politics because he became very politicized when he was only when he was in high school, after, right after 9-11. <laughs> okay. And then the parents followed. And now, according to old friends of Michael Miller's, um, Michael is is quite far to the right. So they really had an evolution because they were very gung-ho for Ted Cruz in 2016. So they were not Donald Trump supporters, but they were very happy when their son went to work for him. And Stephen may have helped lead them there. Well, you interviewed a lot of his childhood friends and school classmates, and one of them told you that in middle school, Stephen Miller was, quote, a quiet, shy kid, close quote, that change in his politics and his personality occurred in high school, which is when he became what I would call a right-wing jerk. After 9-11, he started to become outraged at things that were going on around him at Santa Monica High School. He was outraged that there were so many Hispanic uh, students there. Yeah, it, it struck me from reading your piece in LA Magazine that he was especially focused on the Hispanic club at Santa Monica High School. They didn't really have anything to do with 9-11. What was his beef with the Hispanic club? Well, first he noted that there were many Hispanic students at the school, but very few in his honors classes. And there was uh, there were movements afoot to help to, for bilingual education, um, that the school board was, was trying to help students who were having trouble in English. He was very much against these measures. He would go to the school board meetings regularly and argue against this. And uh, he said that we were, being, we were being disrespectful to Hispanics by giving them these crutches. The early focus on the Hispanic club at Santa Monica High does sort of anticipate his obsession with the border, with Mexicans and Central Americans coming to the United States. That has, seems to have remained a central, what shall we call it, preoccupation, obsession of his ever since high school. A turning point in his high school years seems to be something his classmates told you about called the janitor speech. What what was the janitor speech? Well, I have good news for your listeners. Anyone can listen to and watch the janitor speech on the internet, Jeez. and I highly recommend it. But I'll do my my best imitation of Stephen Thank Miller. You. He he's he's running for some something. I don't think it's class president, but he's running for some class office, which he did not win. He gets up and he says, "Is anyone else outraged?" by the fact that we have to pick up our own garbage when we have janitors to do that. And he kind of loses it a little bit. <laughs> and yeah, so people were just shocked and they were like, is he kidding? Is he trying to get laughs? What is happening? I think I think that we all try to get attention whatever way we can with whatever we're given. And I think he found this as his way to become a personage at Santa Monica High School. I also think he has a a very prominent sadistic streak that was coming out even then. May I read you something brief that he wrote when he was 16 years old? And Please. Um, so he, this is when one of his crusades at the high school was to make sure that the the Pledge of Allegiance was said uh, every morning. They were not saying the Pledge of Allegiance, and he, he did succeed in getting it uh, recited twice a week in Santa Monica High School. But anyway, he wrote a piece about that, and um, he said that um, at least one would hope that on Veterans Day or Thanksgiving, students are taught about our brave U.S. soldiers or the courageous pilgrims. 
but no such explanations are given. It's kind of hard to believe that no one was taught about the pilgrims. But anyway, and then he says, after all, the United States has used our soldiers to kill innocent people. And the same Indians that helped the pilgrims were either shot or put on reservations. I suppose then that our country would have been better off if we, if our soldiers had never killed anyone and we watched as our nation was obliterated by the evil in the world as we sung songs of peace and love. Or better yet, we could have lived with the Indians. We could have lived with the Indians, learning how to finger pain and make teepees, excusing their scalping of frontiersmen as part of their culture. <sighs> so his need to, you know, to belittle was always there. But I, I thought that was interesting because he says the Indians helped the pilgrims. And then in the very next sentence, he calls them evil. Mm-hmm. And so some of his seams are showing here, but he he does not show his seams anymore. One person you talked to said that in high school, quote, it seemed like he wanted people to hate him, close quote. Yeah, I I think, again, you know, that is uh, attention is oxygen to him. Well, another fascinating fact that you uncovered, uh, one of his uh, high school classmates told you, quote, he never went to parties. He didn't express any interest in dating. He was a virtual loner obsessed with guns at age 17. Scary, close quote. Yes. When he began to get politicized, Uh, at age 15 or 16. His best friend was a guy named Chris Moritz, who, of course, I tried to contact in every possible way I could think of. Um, But, of course, he did not want to talk. But Stephen and Chris were inseparable. They dressed identically. They they dressed in suits and ties, and they brought briefcases to school. (sighs) And, uh, of course, they were only people in Santa Monica High dressing that way. And Chris Moritz also wrote a bunch of pieces like the one I just read from Stephen Miller. And and the two of them really helped cement each other's political beliefs and, and status as outsiders um, at Santa Monica uh, High School. And the other thing that you found about his high school days was that he complained often to the school administration that he was being bullied and victimized by his classmates. Was he being bullied and victimized by his classmates? I do not believe that he was. Uh, um, The people that that I did speak to said no one bullied him. In fact, the administration went out of their way to accommodate some of his beliefs and requests, such as bringing to campus right-wing radio hosts uh, Larry Elder and David Horowitz to speak on campus. They did kind of put up a fight about it. But Stephen was extremely savvy about how to fight these battles, even at age 16. And he did get those speakers to come. So David Horowitz and and, uh, Larry Elder, were these mentors to him? Did he learn his lines from them? I don't think so. I think that, well, they, I spoke to both of them. They're very proud that they had any part in um, helping to bring up this young man. But I think you know, it's it's similar to the situation with Miller and Trump. It's like he's leading them. I mean, he goes beyond what they believe. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he became himself. And I don't think anyone took him there. Lori Weiner, she reported on Stephen Miller's high school years. He's exactly the same now as he was in high school. That was for L.A. Magazine. Lori Weiner, thanks for coming in today. Such a pleasure. 
You've been listening to Start Making Sense, the weekly podcast of The Nation magazine. You can hear more interviews like this one at thenation.com, and you can subscribe to Start Making Sense at iTunes Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm John Wiener. Thanks for listening. Thank you.